Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, February 4th. S&P futures are up about four points. That's about 10 basis points. So very quiet so far this morning. NASDAQ futures are acting a bit better, up 45 points. That's about 35 basis points. The major European indices are trading essentially unchanged, flat to up small, about five to 10 basis points. And Europe finished in the red pretty much across the board with the exception of India, which ended um, up about 70 basis points. So there were a lot of earnings out last night. There were a lot of earnings out this morning in Europe. None of them that are really kind of altering the course of the um, you know macro conversation. I think for the most part, Q4 earnings season is over as far as the major themes and trends are concerned. A lot of the major macro companies have reported um, their, re- their results at this point, the ones that have calendar, uh, the ones that have December and quarters. Um, you know, the numbers remain spectacular as far as reported EPS versus expectations. And you're seeing upward pressure on consensus estimates, specifically the 2022 consensus, which is the key driver of uh, valuations right now. That that number will probably kind of shake out around $205 for the 2022 SPX EPS consensus, um, you know, up about 5 to $7 over the course of the season, just given how strong the reports were. Um, you know, there are still a lot more reports tonight, and then you have a bunch more next week. But, you know, like I said, the calendar Q4 season is largely over. You're now heading into the January and earnings season, which kicks off next week with Cisco. So I have I have write-ups on all the earnings reports, the specifics around each individual company in the piece this morning. Um, but like I said, nothing that really is going to alter the course of the broader market. Um, the other two big kind of pillars of, of the tape in the rally, COVID, the narrative here is largely the same, especially in the U.S., where you have continued improvements in various different statistics. So transmissions are are moving lower, hospitalizations are moving lower, and then the pace of vaccinations continues to increase. Um, and when you kind of add the two numbers, as far as people who have had COVID, people who are getting vaccines, um, you know, presumably both those populations have antibodies and some type of immunity to the virus. Um, that number those two figures added together, um, you know, continue to rise. You're, you're talking about, you know, nearly 25% of the U.S. adult population um, falls into one of those two camps. And that is set to increase further going forward as the inoculation pace accelerates. You have two vaccines already out on the U.S. market, Pfizer and Moderna. Johnson & Johnson should be able to secure emergency youth author, author, authorization by the end of this month. Um, and then you could have, you know, Novamax and then AstraZeneca perhaps um, in April. Um, so COVID as far as in the US at least remains a tailwind. Um, you know, stimulus is kind of the the major theme and, and focus, I think, right now as far as the macro conversation is concerned. So, um, you know, it looks nearly certain that Democrats are going to use reconciliation to move Biden's stimulus bill through the Senate. So that requires them to only get 50 votes versus 60. Um, the, the Senate process, as far as authorizing reconciliation, that's going to really kick off today. So there's going to be a million votes on various different topics that will cross the wires today as far as the Senate, as they kind of, again, lay and put in place the groundwork for reconciliation. I think investors can ignore most of them. Um, again, these are, court, these are more procedural votes. Um, the big question becomes what number is going to get you all Democrats on board in the Senate? Um, you know, it looks unlikely that the $1.9 trillion figure will be able to get 50 votes. You have enough centrist Democrats that are probably going to resist that number. Um, but you probably won't have to cut it uh, too much. So 1.5 to 1.7 trillion um, is probably kind of your rough ballpark figure as as terms of what the 
Biden rescue stimulus bill will be cut down to. The one area that we most likely will see revision has to do with the stimulus checks, um, specifically who is eligible to receive them. You're probably going to see that um, the eligibility requirement get curtailed a bit, and that will limit the number of people that will get the checks, um, and that will shave a couple hundred billion dollars off the total amount. So, um, you know, it looks like you could see this get wrapped up by early March, in which case Biden could be signing it to law, um, you know, 30 days from now or so. That may slip a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I think there, you know, there has obviously been a lot of uh, concern on rates and yields, and then the implications for PEs. Um, you know, and I think that's building further as you see, you know, the stimulus numbers stay enormous, alongside eco data improving. You saw that yesterday. Um, not just real growth figures, but also upward pressure on inflation. Um, and then, obviously, you know, all those things are going to conspire to to push yields higher. And the question is just how far will ten-year yields go? Um, and then what kind of is the trigger level that you're going to see real material PE contraction? I think so far, stocks have handled the mild rise in yields relatively well. You haven't seen dramatic PE contraction, although if you kind of factor in the increase in earnings estimates, there has been some implicit PE contraction. Um, but if you see 10-year yields obviously rise much further, um, you know I think that's going to start to play a bigger role. And I, and I think that's kind of what you saw yesterday on Wednesday. Um, again, where you saw a stimulus figure stay very high. You know, Manchin came out and said that he would be um, okay with a $1.9 trillion number alongside, you know, pretty healthy economic figures in the morning with the services ISM and the ADP jobs report. Um, you know, I think that's why you kind of saw the market pull back a tiny bit in the afternoon. So those are the three pillars for the rally that everyone's been talking about, COVID, earnings, and stimulus. They're all very much in focus. And now it's kind of just an issue of, you know, our fundamentals too good. Um, our rates going to rise a lot more and is that going to undercut the multiple expansion from last year? Um, you know, obviously there are a lot of other moving pieces in the market. I talk about them in the piece today, um, but those are kind of your big, your big three. Um, just looking on the calendar quickly today, you have the BOE at 7 a.m. That should be a non-event. Um, you know, the weekly jobless claims will be watched closely. That's that's you know the most immediate, real-time um, government gauge as far as looking at underlying trends in the economy. Obviously, tomorrow you have the January jobs report that will be in focus too. Um, couple of Fed speakers, you know, have a lot more earnings again, but these are kind of, um, you know, not, nothing that should move the markets at all. Um, you are also going to see, again, like I said before, a, a bunch of votes in the Senate as far as them laying the groundwork for reconciliation. Yellen is due to meet with financial regulators today to talk about GameStop and, and all the various, um, you know, elements of that whole drama. Um, and that is essentially it for today. Um, and that's uh, really it for this morning in terms of major news and trends. So thank you everyone for listening.